of trails, the vanquisher of USADA. Very few people were opposed to seeing Nate Diaz fight Jorge Masvidal for this belt. Sure, they thought the theatrics were a little bit over the top, but I've never seen so many people united against one front before, and that's against USADA trying to throw dirt on Nathan Diaz's name and Leon Edwards stepping in to possibly fight that man. I don't think anybody wanted to see that man Leon fight. And when I say anybody, I want to say less than 10% of the community. I feel like that's a fair assumption. But Nathan has redefined tradition. Oftentimes, we see athletes who get popped for PEDs or have a USADA failed test. They get thrown into the dust. They get dragged through the mud. And their legacy gets tarnished forever without any due process. But because of the platform that Nathan Diaz possesses, that didn't happen this time. He was willing to give up fighting completely on this fight card for the sake of proving his name. And I absolutely admire that wholeheartedly. There are fighters who did not receive the same treatment. You got a guy like Sean O'Malley who's been out for a year. He claims he's clean, he looks clean to me. I'm no doctor, I don't know, I'm no chill sonning. I can't decipher who's clean and who's not. You got a guy like Chad Mendez who is using cream for his psoriasis. He got a two year ban. You got Frank Mir who ate kangaroo meat, who got dropped from the UFC and who also I, I believe he received a two-year ban as well. You got Vandalay Silva, lifetime ban. His brother, Nick Diaz, $500,000 fine and about, I think he was banned for two years. He didn't pay that and he didn't compete again. He was just like, F it, you know what, I'm done. But Nathan Diaz walked so that these future athletes can run. And I absolutely admire that wholeheartedly. Very few people could do what he did because of the platform that he possesses and the eyes that he brings to the sport. No one can deny that. Dana White even acknowledged it. He said that you can't say Nathan Diaz is not a needle mover. And I absolutely and wholeheartedly agree with that. Sure, I've been critical of him before, but I'm critical of everybody. And also, let's talk about Conor McGregor's whole escapade in Moscow. This man was out here promoting his whiskey, talking about fighting, potential matchups, how he's back, the Mac is back, whatever. Listen, I don't give jack about the Mac is back. I'm sure there are a lot of great Conor McGregor fans out there. I'm sure he's a nice person to some people. But right now, he's got pending court cases. And I'm no investigative reporter. I'm not here to pass judgment. But there's an investigative reporter on Twitter who put up this impressive thread of just newspaper headlines, anecdotal evidence. I'm just like, I'm not going to pass judgment here. But it's not a good look. It does not look good here. And I'm sitting here wondering, how on earth can we allow someone who's facing criminal charges to compete? You got a guy like Desmond Green who was in a vehicular manslaughter accident and it killed three or four people and he was able to compete three times before they stopped, dropped him and he got arrested. He competed three times. I, I don't, you got Abel Trujillo also. He, he was involved in, I believe, a, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't even want to go over it because it's just, it's not a good look. And he's in, he's in jail right now, and he was able to compete while he was facing those charges as well. We cannot allow these athletes to do this. I'm sorry. You are not above the law. You are not above recourse. And if it was anybody else, a lot more people would be against him. But because it's Connor, and he can throw a left cross that puts people unconscious, people somehow forget their morality. I have it. I have it. I'm going to keep that same energy, and I'm going to be honest with it. 
until these cases are settled or until something has happened he should not be competing i don't care about him saying he wants to come back with a vengeance and start taking scalps dude you called out a 135er you're calling out cowboy who's coming off of a knockout loss you calling out all these people who you probably shouldn't be calling out where's the gaethje call out then if you're so eager to fight okay where are all the other tough fights where's the dustin rematch i don't like you know what all even if these court cases are resolved and he's found innocent guilty whatever whatever the case may be i don't want to hear him utter anybody's name that is outside of the top five and i don't want him uttering anybody's name who is the champion or going to fight the champion we don't want to see you fight tony i want to see tony fight khabib we don't want to see you fight khabib again you don't deserve that rematch right now fight gaethje fight anybody else heck maybe you should fight the winner of gillespie versus uh uh, Kevin Lee this weekend. Maybe you should fight the winner of Masvidal versus Diaz. Who knows? But right now, you need to get your life together. You need to get it straight. And I think that people need to stop turning a blind eye to issues that are outside the octagon. People don't want to get political until it gets political. Stop with the conveniency clause conscience. I'm sorry. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. The one thing that I believe would work everywhere is fighting. Because it doesn't matter what color you are, what country you come from, or what language you speak. We're all human beings and fighting's in our DNA, man. We get it and we like it. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this special edition of The Wokecast. Joining me live. Actually, I say this every week, it ain't even live. But it sounds as though it's live because you're on location this week. It's G from Woe TV. Yes, G from Woe TV is on 8th Avenue and West 31st at Madison Square Garden. So you teased this on Twitter, it was about 24 hours ago. You said that you had a big reveal, a big surprise, a big announcement. So it was an announcement about an announcement, but what is that an announcement? Announcement well, even. Well, the announcement- I'm so tired, I know, so you, late. You can't even, <laughs> this time I difference. <laughs> oh, this time difference is kicking your ass. Meanwhile, it's just only like 7.30 here. But um, the big announcement was that someone was crazy enough to approve my media credentials and let my crazy, right? And let my crazy <laughs> MMA Twitter loudmouth ass inside of the open workouts. And I was able to be front and center with the media. Like I'm like a legit journalist. It was crazy. It was so surreal. I'm front and center with all the devices and the journalists. And I'm watching. Well, they were supposed to work out. But it was something a little different than what we're used to. But it was still a whole lot of fun. And I'm still here now. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. And it being uh, UFC 244 Fight Week, it will be remiss of us not to actually have you on the scene. Considering as well being a Brooklyn native it's literally down the road from you I mean in in terms of like proximity where are you in terms of where you live to Madison Square Garden well it's actually not down the road like New York is huge and I live in a completely different borough it's just as loud Mm. though so I feel home Um, I'm about like 45 minutes away from here but like I okay, said before, so Brooklyn is just as loud, so I'm very comfortable here. So you can hear the police going by as we speak. <laughs> Man, that is literally down the road. 45 minutes. I mean, you could do that on a bike. I, I guess you're taking the subway, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't work too far from here. My job is about 20 minutes from here. I live about 45 minutes. So, you know, hanging out here for UFC 
244 was nothing. I mean, I, I live close to here. It was nothing to just get down here and hang out, you know? Well, put it this way, you know, this opportunity um, kind of lends itself to possibly a new format for the show because, you know, a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about the fact that they like the fact, you know, you and I have got like a banter, you and I have kind of got rapport, you and I have got, you know, um, well, we like to chop it up ever so slightly. And, you know, for some people, the interviews not necessarily get in the way, but they're not, that's not the focal point um, of their reason for actually listening to the World Car. So what we thought we'd try um, is basically to chop up, especially, you know, it being fight week, this week uh, as a trial, I guess. But today is basically going to be about your experience of what actually happened um, at the open workouts and what you saw, who you met, and um, basically just unpacking what that looked like from a, a fan stroke media perspective. But you know, tomorrow you're going to be either doing one on ones or scrum interviews with some of the runners and riders from the main card, I believe, of UFC 244. So it's a little bit of a different format. I mean, usually what we do um, for those long term listeners is we recap the past uh, weekend obviously we're coming to you guys a little bit late and that's my fault you can't blame g for this nope uh look, look out for the look out for the t-shirts uh, incidentally but you can't blame g for this <laughs> it's my fault it was my son's birthday yesterday so Aww. that had that had to take priority in terms of um, my time but we are coming to you none, nonetheless and um you know what i'm gonna throw it open to you g because I'm really, really keen to see and hear what actually uh, went down. I know you took video, but considering that this is a podcast, over to you. I mean, what exactly transpired? What went down? I mean, I I understand that um, from what I can see, the media contingent was heavy down there. Oh, it was nuts. I mean, when I arrived, um, I always arrive to places early, so I figured I'll do the same here. I was supposed to be here by 4. I got here at 3.30, and there was already a line lined up just for media. And they were also kind of like a little pushy with it, too. Like some guys showed up and they were like, oh, no, this is not the front of the this is the front of line. And you just showed up. So you got to head on over to the back. And I'm like, geez, okay, like (laughs) glad I found the back because they weren't playing. But everyone had like all this massive equipment. Some people knew each other. Some people were dolo like me. And we just Mm. waited. And then um, we got in. We uh, verified our credentials. And then we we are right up front. No seats or no nothing, but we are front and center with that stage. And just on, you know, the question of credentials, you know, big shout out to Middle Easy. who yes. Did the heavy lifting on this. I mean, essentially, I just, you know, sat back and let them do all the hard work in terms of getting you credentialed, getting you um, front and center. So, you know, as usual, this podcast is powered by Middle Easy, our powerful friends over there making stuff happen but anyway i interrupted you oh yeah and then first up was of course um megan olivi just came out and told us you know what to expect who was coming out and she gave us like a little bit of a time frame the fans rolled in they were unruly and typical mma fans i fucking love them they were just they were just crass screaming out stuff (laughs) and just like ready for it all and then like um you know a few heads popped up henry cejudo's coach with the glasses 
um, mm. he was there. I took a photo with him. He is a really nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a really nice guy. Um, he's kind of flirty. I was like, "Ooh, you're a flirty guy." Um, but he was, <laughs> he was, he was just like, "Where you be at? You know, what you on Twitter? You online?" I was like, "Yeah, boo." Um, but he's hella nice. It's it's so mm. like different, Mike, to like talk about these people, break them down on a podcast, read about them, watch them on TV, and then to like meet them, and then they're so cool and friendly. It's just like it's surreal. It's amazing. And he was just a sweetheart. Um, Ariel Helawani. I'm saying his name wrong because I mess up everyone's name. Ariel Helawani. There you go. He showed up. Mm. Let me tell you something. On MMA Twitter, a lot of people talk shit about him, and he seems hated. But let me tell you, in person, he is not hated. Lines formed. MMA fans lined up to take photos with him. Like, the line was... Lines formed? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. I took a photo of it. I tried to do the best that I could. But Mm. let me tell you, he walked in. Now, mind you, I just said Henry Cejudo's coach with the glasses, and he's somebody that you can recognize because he has a distinct look. And he's um, his coach. Let me tell you, that line was for Ariel. They lined up. Wow. Security came and let them come one by one to him Mm. and he took a picture with each and every fan and including me so I was like it was shocking to see that because there's just so much hate for him on MMA Twitter but don't get it fooled Mike the fans love him and he was very nice incredible so in terms of media I mean were there any other notable faces any notable names that you saw apart from Ariel yes I cannot remember any of their names unfortunately I'd have to like hit I don't have my computer in front of me I'm on the street Usually I have like Google access and I'd be able to pull it up. But there were Mm. some names that I saw. But, you know, I kept to myself. But I did see quite a few media people that I did recognize. And I saw some folks that I didn't recognize, of course. But, I mean, everybody was pretty much polite. And it was really nice to see. But Ariel had to be the main journalist that not only did I recognize, but got love from the crowd. You know, definitely the most popular MMA journalist that was here tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, once once proceedings um, got underway, um, who did they start off with in terms of the open workout? I mean, did they actually do a proper open workout? Because I know a lot of these things, they do seem to be almost like, a, 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 well, just them fulfilling their obligations and showing up and not actually hitting pads. I mean, how, how did this one pan out? Well, you nailed it. You hit it right on the head. And I was talking to another journalist there, and I said, when Colby came out and didn't hit pads and kind of just had those those women that he pays for to just show, walk around with him, when he had the paid women with him and did the workout, I had a yeah. feeling, I remember saying to myself, they're all going to start doing that. Because it just takes one person to be like, fuck it, I'm not hitting pads. And guess what mm-hmm. happened today? Not one person hit pads. No one, wow. Not one, no. Masvidal came so, out, and let me tell mm-hmm. you what he did. He had fans come out and fight each other, only body shots. Was he the, was he the first out? <laughs> yes. He was a few so minutes late, he, but he came out. He, he's the first out, and he set pace by having fans beat each other up. Yes, he picked people from the crowd. Mike wow. Brown helped him. Um, people were, like, clamoring to be picked. People were like, I'm from Brooklyn. Let me fight somebody from the Bronx. Get a real N-word up there. Get a real get a real person from the Bronx up there. We know how to throw down. Like, it was it was hilarious. Wow. So, that sounds wild. But it was I only mean, it, body it, it, shots it, it, only. <laughs> but there was he did not hit pads. One group of kids almost fell off the stage. 
like they had to jump in and be like to con you know like you know how it is when people spar there's always someone that goes too yeah. far it mm. occurred during open workouts a, a group of kids wow. almost fell off trying to hit each other and then at some point msg would be like cut it they're getting too rough See, I saw your picture of um, uh, Mike Brown. I, I actually just scrolling for your pictures now. I've seen the picture of Ariel, Mike Brown, um, and yeah, you got retweeted by um, Dustin Poirier. So big up for that. And if people want to actually uh, access your pictures and you know keep up with the stories which are going to be emerging over the next few days, um, make sure you check out G from Woe TV on Twitter and at at G from Woe TV and myself, Mike. Woe TV on Twitter, but no, back to um, back back to the sounds like back to you know what this it sounds like it sounds like bum fights when oh. they used to get like 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 uh, homeless people off the streets and just <laughs> let them fight each other. Yo, that, that sounds I, like Mike. I wasn't ready for bum fights, but you again you <laughs> you, you nailed it. I was kind of taken back by it. I was like, okay, like Matt, and then. He invites people on the stage, and there's, like, different bouts going on. So one by one, these kids are fighting each other. No headshots. But at the same time, Mike, don't nobody, nobody's a boxer. It looks crazy. And then Masvidal oh is the commentator. Days. He's like, ooh, so, yeah, nice one. Ooh, spinning back body blow. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. How about, how about the weight classes? Oh, there were no weight classes. It was just like, yo, where are you from? Brooklyn. And then one dude, because, you know, I'm originally from Long Island. So they pulled a dude from yeah. Long Island out the crowd. Immediately he got bored because I guess people don't think <laughs> people from the suburbs, I guess, can't fight. So as soon as he said he was from Long Island, all the other boroughs were like, boo, get him out of here. And, you know, me wow. being from Long Island, I'm like, come on, y'all. But it was it was different. But I I will say this. As much fun as I had, Mike, I do mm. miss seeing fighters hit pads. Like, I hope, like, some fighters keep the tradition of, like, I'm going to go out here, take my shirt off, and hit pads, and, and do some funky stuff with my trainer. Like, it was fun, though. I'm not going to deny that, you know, the street fighting, the bum fight, the bum bouts. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he, they were very fan-friendly, um, this go-around. You, you know? know something? Having been to so many open workouts, having been to so many media days, this sounds like a refreshing change. This sounds like something which would look quite fantastic on camera because I've never seen anything like that before. As I say, I, I've been to the, the rather staid and boring um, oh, traditional fighters, yeah, fighters yeah. hitting pads, um, fighters doing like the traditional open workout, and this sounds incredible. This sounds right up my street because, you know, I said World TV. We don't do the norm. We do things off the kilter. We do things off yeah. the beaten track. We do things a little bit differently. So that would fit in incredibly well with our content. That's just incredible to hear. Well, thank God so I was there because we definitely <laughs> had footage of bum fights and also Burrow, oh, nice. Burrow versus Burrow. I tried my best, but and it was so funny. They even the crowd was going nuts. Like people were like, "Pick me, Mike Brown, pick me." It was. It was Jesus. crazy. And then a part of me was like, do any women fight? Maybe I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe I'll be a bum and fight a, a, another another woman. But then I was like, no, I'm going to sit right here and take footage. I'm getting too, way too excited. <laughs> but you see, you kind of underline an ongoing theme in life. That's why women live longer. Yeah. You saw how I was like, nah, I think I'll just uh, keep doing this media thing. You know, like I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got excited, but I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. 
f around, get mm. too excited, get into a real fight, and get thrown out, and <laughs> that'll that'll be the footage you have is me getting arrested. You know, so no. So you mentioned um, Masvidal. Um, you mentioned um, Mike Brown. Um, any other faces that actually turned up and actually uh, did anything of note? Oh yeah, I mean. And, and I will say this as well, like Masvidal did have the bum fights, but he did answer fan questions and whatnot. But the fans did ask a lot of like stupid, ridiculous questions like they don't come uh-huh. like prepared with questions like like, you know, how media might have some questions in their phone or things that they've worked yeah. on. Fans are just like, yeah. what, what about Kobe? But he did say something interesting. And I thought it was he didn't want to bash Kobe and Ben Askren because they definitely came up. But he did mm. mention that if he ever gets his hands on Colby, it'll be worse than what he did to Ben Askren. Wow. And then he also said, I don't want to talk badly about none of them. And he also liked it when a fan asked him, hey, how was it? What was it like to end Ben Askren's career? And he didn't answer, <laughs> but he kind of clapped and, and went along with the crowd when everybody just erupted, you know, which was kind of cool. But he didn't. But I like that he didn't talk shit about him too much or Colby. He's wow. moved on. He's moved on, but he's still ready to throw that three-piece in soda if they cut up. That's the impression I got. Okay, so did Diaz do a, a workout? Oh, no, he didn't work out. But he did come out in his um, mm. all-black sweats, prepared not to hit the pads. And he came out. Um, he shouted out his team. He answered um, fan questions. The fans adored him. Um mm. And he didn't really, like, say much. He just answered some questions. But he, he loves his team. He shouted out his coach. I got a great picture of them together, too. His coach and uh, Kron Gracie made an appearance. And, uh, oh, okay. Yes. Was Nick there? No. And um, a fan, the question that sh- struck out the most when I was there mm. and while Nate was on the stage was, is your brother going to corner you? And his response was, man, I hope he does, which I thought was interesting. But oh wow! So I, I take it he left the vape pen at home. I mean, I don't oh, there was no was smoking. Yeah, there was oh, no okay. blunts or CBD. I, I I expected him to after the bum fights. I was like, Nate's gonna come out here and smoke a bong. You you know, <laughs> if we're not hitting pads, we might you know let's get high. But yeah. no, he, he was well behaved, and also Yancey Madero is a part of his mm. team, and he was there. And I love that okay. Nate includes the whole team. He lined them up on the stage, and he shouted out every member of his team, and they took, like, great pictures and stuff, which was cool. Nobody else did that, you know? Is Jake Shields still in uh, his entourage? Are they still down together? He wasn't there tonight, but, yes, he is still in his entourage as far as that Scrap Pack and Gilbert Melendez. Yep. Mm. Uh, I, I know that there was uh, a little bit of chatter on Twitter, especially, you know, uh, end of last week. And it was talking about the fact that, you know, um, Darren Till was having visa issues, obviously, you know, when you live the raucous lifestyle that he does and gets right. into a little bit, a little of, bit of trouble uh, bother with the law. Yeah. Yeah. That does actually um, hinder your prospects in terms of travel, in terms of um, working in the US now Correct. from what I gather all of that has actually been sorted he's on his way to New York as you and I are actually speaking and creating this woke car so more than likely tomorrow if he's not too jet lagged you'll be um, getting to speak to him I mean hence the reason why you didn't get a chance to see him today because he was actually on a plane but it's fantastic to hear that those um, visa issues those visa ills those visa 
um, hiccups have actually been ironed out now and sorted out now and um, he will actually be making it because that chatter was getting louder and louder and especially today you turning up there and you know um, you reporting back that he hadn't actually arrived it's good to hear that all of that has been sorted oh yeah and I got some scoop on that as well um, the, oh yeah the other journalists were saying he might arrive on Friday Oh, Friday. Well, that's the word on the street. So it's either going to be tomorrow or it's or it's Friday. It's not confirmed. These are the things I heard from, like, the journalists while I was waiting, you know, to get in. And they were all kind of, like, upset that he wasn't going to be there today. And I also yeah. read that the UFC is not playing around with people's visas or having issues with this card. They have Jared Cannonier on deck to fight Kelvin Gastelum if oh, anything right transpires but it looks like Darren Till is a go that is a definite mm. and the reason why mm. I say that is because Kel- Kelvin Gastelum came out too during the open workouts no he did not work out I know that's your next question um, yeah. he didn't he wasn't even dressed to work out I'm telling you it was a very laid back just hang out with the fans type of atmosphere mm. he was very polite he hung out with a lot of fans and he answered their questions but they didn't have good questions prepared so <laughs> What one fan asked a question that I thought was excellent, and this is how I know Darren Till is fighting tomorrow. The fan was like, "Are you prepared for Jared Cannonier?" And I was like, "Ooh, good one! Finally, a fan is thinking." And he was yeah. like, "Kelvin's response was no. Like, I'm fighting Darren Till, and trust me, he's gonna c- show up on Saturday." And then that was end of story. So even his competitor, his opponent, is saying he's gonna show up. And here's one more thing, Michael. I mm. kind of got frustrated with the fans just kind of blurting out nonsense. Like, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Robert Whitaker? And even Gastelum was like, "I'm fighting Darren Till. What do you mean? What do I think of?" Next question. So I asked him a question. I couldn't take it anymore, and I don't think I was supposed to because I'm media, but I didn't care. Yeah. So I was just like, "Hey, uh, Kelvin, what do you think of the president coming to UFC 244?" What are your thoughts yeah, on that? Question. Right. Mm. And, you know, I wasn't supposed to say it because I uh, somebody pointed at me and was like, hey, she's media. And I didn't care. But he was like, oh, there's quite a few Mexicans fighting on this uh, card. And we're yeah. going to and we're going to show him him being Trump that uh, a lot of us aren't bad. And we're going to go out there and put on a show and kick his ass and kick ass. And uh, the crowd Good erupted. Answer. Yeah. So he kept it. He kept it like um, kosher. He didn't really reveal mm. his political alignments or his, you know. But he just said that not all immigrants are bad. Um, I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic, and we're going to show him that we're not all bad and kick some ass and put on a show. And the crowd clapped and whatnot. So I didn't. I didn't regret my question, and I couldn't take it anymore, Mike. The, some of the fans are driving me crazy with their dumbass questions. Mm-hmm. So I jumped in. See, if I was in that pit with you, I'd be uh, well, worrying myself that, you know, with Darren Till coming in Thursday, possibly Friday, um, that's a massive worry. How is he going to adjust to the um, jet lag? How is he going to acclimatise himself to the fact that, you know, his body clock is obviously on a different time frame? You know, usually, you know, with um, mixed martial artists, they'll enter the territory or enter uh, where they're actually fighting they'll do that say a week or even two weeks or even a month out he's doing this literally hours away from his fight so that's a real worry for me and that that's one of the questions i would actually pose to to kelvin gastelum i mean 
how does he think that's actually going to affect, if anything, or give him the competitive advantage over Darren Till? Yeah, and you know, like, with jet lag is a... Uh it's quite bothersome. I've had it. And it just it just feels like for anyone that hasn't experienced jet lag, jet lag feels like you just woke up from a coma and you cannot yeah. shake it. Like it messes you, you up. Yeah. And it lasts for like two or three days. You, you are just tired from the time you open your eyes till you go to bed. And mm. sometimes you can't even go to sleep. But you're exhausted. And it's a horrible feeling. It does go away. But I think someone like Darren Till is going to dig deep and ignore that. It's, it's jet lag. It's not he's in actual coma you know what i mean like i don't think he's too worried about that but you do make a good point mike it could affect him and mike you're not lying when i went on the blogs and i went online and did my little research for the fighters that are in you know for on this card a lot of them are already here johnny walker's being a tourist in between media you know like most of them are here getting acclimated Mm. to new york and also having a good Mm. time they're being tourists and relaxed and settling into the environment and getting used to the time zone, you know. So you exactly. you, you make an excellent point. He's on a plane. The, so. the more I think about it, the more I feel quite confident in my pick. I picked against Darren Till. Now, as a Brit, obviously it was a very hard decision. But I'm not right. going to go with you know the fact that just because he's a Brit, I'm going with the fact that I think that this is a really tough matchup for him. He's going up going up against someone who gave the current champ. One of the fights of his life, he gave the current champs so many lumps on his face that, you know, he looked quite deformed. Gave the current champ, I would say, um, you know, one of the toughest challenges I feel he's ever faced in his fight career. So, Absolutely. with all that in mind, this isn't going to be a walk in the park. This is going to be a tough matchup for Darren Till, but he's coming in at a competitive disadvantage. He's coming in sluggish. He's coming in slow. He's coming in where he's going to have his cardio tested because he's yes. or carrying extra weight anyway. Exactly. But as well as that, like you say, he, it's almost as though he's going to be um, basically carrying that coma-like attitude to the cage. And I just feel this can't end anything or any way other than, you know, badly. I, I totally agree because I think what you're discussing with me, Mike, is there are just too many X factors involved here. We don't know what he's like with with the, all that meat on his bones. You know, mm. we just really don't know. And it's not about his chin. It's about his cardio. It's about when you put on more weight, you get a little slower. Do you know what I mean? And getting a little slower is not going to help you against someone like Kelvin Gastelum that has very fast hands. Yeah, you, exactly. Do you, you, you feel I, me? I, like. I yeah, yeah, I don't know about you, but you remember um, when it first emerged, the footage of Down Till, like, hitting pads, he looked incredibly sluggish. Yep. He really did. He looked super slow. And I thought to myself, well, maybe he's just acclimatizing, obviously, to the weight. But when you add that in with the fact that he's going to be basically coming off a plane in the next 48 hours... Right. That's going to, I feel, you know, add to the sluggishness. That's going to add to the slowness. And I think that's not going to really end. It's not going to end well for him. I really don't see that being a positive. Yeah, I've been saying it since they booked this fight. I think, like, the UFC does not do what boxing does, which is give you, like, warm-up fights before you really start getting those contenders. You know, like, they, put, they threw him to the wolves initially, and now they're doing it again. In, this, in his new weight class. Kelvin is no joke. And I think the, mm. the, the best way for Darren to beat him is wrestling. Like Chris Weidman controlled him. Do you understand? Yeah. And I don't really think yeah. 
wrestling is Darren Till's forte, even though he has excellent takedown defense. I just really don't see him going after that single or double leg like some American type of wrestler that can control him and grapple him like Chris Weidman did. You you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. his path to victory, but we're not dealing with a wrestler here. So I I don't know. I wish him the best of luck. I am quite concerned. But we shall see what happens because let's not forget Darren Till has a heavy left hand and it's going to be even heavier at this weight class at middleweight. So if he connects with, there's always a chance, Mike. So if he connects, he can put his lights out. You just never know, but we'll see. Exactly. Well, just before you go, I, I, I just wanted to gauge, did you get any reaction? You know, when you started to tweet, when you started to send pictures, from MSG, did you get any reaction from the haters? Because I'm sure that they were kind of like spinning in their uh, spinning in their Twitter graves when oh. they actually read and saw those pictures and and, and uh, read those tweets. You know, I'm out here living such a good life outside mm. of Twitter that I post and don't even notice. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm if I'm not, you know, doing this podcast and now doing media scrum. I'm traveling mm. and living a good life even when I'm not on Twitter. So it doesn't, they don't concern me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could care less. And if they're hating on me, I mean, have fun. I'm, I'm out here living a good life. I'm having a ball. Then exactly. tomorrow, Mike, guess what? I, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm coming right back here to take more pictures and, and talk Ooh, to people yeah. on Twitter. And now I get to try to interview some folks. So I'm pumped. I ain't concerned with them. Nice. Nice. Started from the bottom. Now you're here. Facts. okay well just before you sign off we'll be back tomorrow so um for the listeners if you open up your um your itunes feed or sorry your apple feed or your stitcher feed or wherever you're getting this podcast we'll be there waiting in probably about 24 hours when the next episode actually comes out and i like this uh, kind of like reactive and uh, on the ground format um, I, i'm really hoping that we do more of these because it's very vibrant i love the the screaming cars in the background i love the horns oh I my god the, um, why the, the, the almost organic feel <laughs> to this you know it's less sterile than just you know being inside and you know almost studioizing and polishing it i just feel that this has got a real real vibe to it i'm really really feeling it so oh good just in the meantime though um just to reiterate where people can actually get a hold of you join in the conversation and see when the next episode is out you're at g from wo tv and i'm at mike wo tv on twitter so until the next episode make some trouble as always be back in the morning mike peace